Welcome to a nonfiction story cast about people in Seattle who built churches and how they did it. I'm Cindy Safranoff. I'm the author, and this is Dedication, building the Seattle branches of Mary Baker Eddy's church, a centennial story. Part 2, Episode 14, Inspirational Meetings, 1934. The Christian Science Sentinel reprinted an item from a Methodist church periodical about how impressed a Methodist preacher's daughter was with the wonderful Christian Science exhibits at the 1933 Chicago World's Fair. She thought it was remarkable that the Christian scientists not only had an exhibit in the Hall of Religion, but also had their own building. The article also commented on the successful fundraising effort for the new building for the Christian Science Publishing Society. Who ever heard of any enterprise in our Methodist church having to send out a request that no more contributions be sent in? As of July 1, 1933, there were enough funds for the Christian Science Publishing House. Once again, a major building project at the Christian Science headquarters in Boston had been completed, on schedule, incurring no debt, even in the midst of severe economic depression. None of us perhaps realize the healing which we are bringing to the world by daring to build now. The board of directors of the Mother Church had stated at the beginning of the project, going forward, even under seemingly unusual difficulties, was instilling courage confidence, and cheer among Christian scientists. Not only this, but the Publishing Society, despite reduction in advertising and other revenue, reported an increase in profits during the building project because of the sale of the new hymnal and the loyal support of consecrated Christian scientists. The completion of the building made national news. The Seattle Post-Intelligencer described the annual meeting of the Mother Church in 1934 as an army of Christian science workers, more than 6,000 strong, gathered in Boston to see the new publishing house. The building ended up costing an astounding $4,250,000, most of which was paid for by the branch churches. But this did not include furnishings and mechanical systems. Now the Mother Church was asking the branch churches for another $300,000 to remodel the old publishing house and furnish the new one. We are confident, wrote Boston officials in a statement in the March 24, 1934 Sentinel, that when the facts are understood by the field, it will not hesitate to give the needed support. Church members were reminded that the publishing house belonged to the Christian science movement as a whole and needed the united and generous support of the field at large. Their statement concluded with a quote from their leader, Mary Baker Eddy. Philanthropy is loving, ameliorative, revolutionary. It wakens lofty desires, new possibilities, achievements, and energies. It lays the axe at the root of the tree that bringeth not forth good fruit. It touches thought to spiritual issues, systematizes action, and ensures success. 
It starts the wheels of right reason, revelation, justice, and mercy. It unselves men and pushes on the ages. Christian science workers in the branch churches may have been awakened to new possibilities through the Boston Projects, but it seems that some were still struggling with their own financial problems. Every time the Mother Church had asked for financial support, it may have been a welcome challenge to be embraced joyfully, but it was a difficult challenge nonetheless. Now, more than ever, branch church members faced the problem of how to support the Mother Church while also paying their own expenses in an increasingly depressed economy. Many churches in Seattle were dealing with ongoing operational deficits while carrying the burden of debt from the construction of their own edifices, all while continuing to support an increasing number of joint church activities. When Boston made its new request, the Seattle churches were still trying to pay for the Seattle page in the Progress edition of the Christian Science Monitor. Also, with increasing frequency, they were providing financial support to individual members who were experiencing hardship. The Boston request was yet another opportunity to prove the statement by Mary Baker Eddy that was painted on the wall in most of their church auditoriums. Divine love always has met and always will meet every human need. Fourth Church of Christ Scientists, Seattle, which ended up paying the remaining $235 for the Seattle page, had been having ongoing financial struggles even before the Depression began. At Sunday services, they often made announcements asking the congregation to contribute significantly more generously. Their board seemed to be continuously rewriting the notice to communicate their urgent financial need in just the right way. Eventually, the members made something of a protest, privately, However, their board considered it their duty to continue the announcements until a greater realization of abundance was manifested. We earnestly request each of you to do daily metaphysical work for a higher understanding of substance as a universal manifestation of love expressed individually by every member of this branch. Then shall our every need be filled and we shall be able to support more generously our beloved movement. Members were reminded, too, of their privilege and obligation to support their branch church financially, whether they were in town for every Sunday service or not. A pattern of operational deficit was making it difficult for Fourth Church to pay off their jumbo mortgage on their 1,200-seat auditorium. They expected their congregation to continue the same level of financial support for their own building fund that they had done for the publishing house. Fourth Church owed nearly $50,000 on their construction loan, plus a $2,500 short-term loan to cover their operational deficit. Their membership had been working earnestly toward the goal of dedicating their edifice, but found that merely setting the goal did not achieve it. It seemed they could not do it alone. The board trusted their desire to be of greater service to mankind will inspire our friends to unite with our members in all the steps toward dedication at an early date. 
immediately after the latest financial request from the Mother Church, the Fourth Church Board proposed their church commit to sending $25 a month to Boston for its urgent need, and at the same time sent letters to all the Seattle branch churches asking for help. Third Church, despite no longer having a mortgage, had its own ongoing financial struggles. The board began holding regular inspirational meetings weekly on Monday evenings to focus on the new special fund for the Mother Church, prompted by a letter from a member who was a Christian science practitioner, Gertrude Humber. These meetings were similar to those held 14 years earlier by their building committee when their construction project was stopped midway for lack of funds. The seven-member board, comprised of Margaret M. Brown, Orison J.C. Dutton, Florence K. Foster, Belle Fry Hatfield, Byron B. Haviland, H.L. McIntyre, and Ross P. Williams, held its first inspirational meeting on February 26, 1934. The fact that the board at Third Church had started holding meetings dedicated entirely to inspirational sharing was remarkable because it was a revival of earlier common practices in their church, sometimes referred to as metaphysical meetings. As later explained by Minnie M. H. Ayers in the Christian Science Journal, the term metaphysical work meant spiritually mental work for the church. Prayer, pure and simple. It is the prayer of faith in and understanding of God his allness, and his love, which includes praise and thanksgiving, rendering unto God the gratitude and praise that are due him. Since its earliest years, Third Church had held extra inspirational meetings for its members for this purpose, after Wednesday testimony meetings and other evenings, whenever there was an especially difficult challenge for the church, usually financial problems. The Joint and Branch Church Dedication Committees had also held these kinds of meetings, until the 1932 statement by the Christian Science Board of Directors that raised concerns about the holding of metaphysical meetings, so-called, on the basis that nowhere in the church manual or anywhere in the writings of their leader, Mary Baker Eddy, was there any reference to this type of meeting. Consequently, the kind of meetings that had been happening frequently in Seattle at that time through the Joint Dedication Committee stopped. In August 1933, the board at Third Church had proposed to its members that they hold a special inspirational meeting of the members to consider the financial needs of the Mother Church. But it went nowhere. Failing to get the consent of the members in early 1934, the board unanimously decided instead to start quietly having private inspirational meetings for board members only. At the first such board meeting, Mr. McIntyre began by reading excerpts from several articles from the Christian Science Journal and Sentinel, including one called The Second Mile by John Randall Dunn about the need to be willing to go the extra mile or two, or three, to reap the joyous reward. Most of what he read was from the 1920s, a period of very active church building. 
He also read a statement from the Christian Science Board of Directors that was made at the start of the current economic depression, explaining that the Mother Church belonged to every member, and it needed every member to continue contributing, to give as you have never given before. And more than dollars, it needed what is involved in the act of giving, a sense of family affiliation, the thought of love. Give first to your local treasury, and give liberally. And should you then have but little left, give of that little to the Mother Church. Mr. Dutton, the board chair, read Bible passages from Ezekiel, chapter 17, John 15, and 2 Corinthians 9, with imagery of plant branches growing or withering, seen as relevant to the branch church relationship with the Mother Church. Other board members selected articles from the Christian Science Periodicals and the writings of Mary Baker Eddy, quoting several times from her messages to the members of the Mother Church from the early 1900s. The underlying theme was church building. Third Church had long since completed the construction of its church edifice, but now the board's focus was to gain fresh insights on building as a spiritual concept. Citations shared included Eddie's statement, Mind is the architect that builds its own idea and produces all harmony that appears and her letter to First Church of Christ Zionist in Cleveland, Ohio. The praiseworthy success of this church and its united efforts to build an edifice in which to worship the infinite sprang from the temples erected first in the hearts of its members, the unselved love that builds without hands, eternal in the heaven of spirit. God grant that this unity remain, and that you continue to build, rebuild, adorn, and fill these spiritual temples with grace, truth, life, and love. The board discussed the need to pray to support their own church activities and those of the Mother Church. Shortly after the Third Church Board began holding their inspirational meetings, they received a letter from the Mother Church that related to its request for additional funds. Any question about the appropriateness of holding inspirational meetings for members was settled by this letter from Boston. The board was spurred to action. They ordered the letter to be read aloud at the next Wednesday testimony meeting and Sunday church service as requested in the letter. They scheduled a special inspirational meeting for all members for the evening of Friday, April 13th, in their church auditorium, officially stating for their church records, This letter authorizes such a meeting of church members. The purpose of the meeting was to act on the Mother Church request for additional funds, as printed in the Sentinel of March 24, 1934. The board's work suddenly took a more urgent tone, as reflected in reading selections at the board's inspirational meetings. This statement by Mary Baker Eddy was read at the next board meeting. Never was there a more solemn and imperious call than God makes to us all right here, 
for fervent devotion and an absolute consecration to the greatest and holiest of all causes. The hour is come. The great battle of Armageddon is upon us. Will you give yourselves wholly and irrevocably to the great work of establishing the truth, the gospel, and the science which are necessary to the salvation of the world from error, sin, disease, and death? At the April 13th Membership Inspirational Meeting, Mr. Haviland, the board clerk, read the letter from the Christian Science Board of Directors. Mr. McIntyre read the request for funds published in the March 24th Sentinel. As a result of the meeting, Third Church decided to send $50 a month to the Mother Church for six months at least. At the next membership business meeting, a motion carried to express our appreciation to their board for their loyal, physical, and metaphysical support, and we express our heartfelt thanks for their able confidence. There would soon be more inspirational meetings at Third Church and other area branch churches. Furthermore, the idea of more active cooperative dedication began stirring again although the Joint Dedication Committee was inactive. After Fourth Church sent out its request to the area churches for financial support, before the end of 1934, Third Church contributed $50, the same amount they gave to the Mother Church, to the dedication fund for Fourth Church. Thanks for listening to Dedication by me, Cindy Safranoff. All events and characters in this story are as true and accurate as the available sources. All opinions are mine. To support and learn more about this groundbreaking research project and read my writing, visit cindysafranoff.com.